0: Hey everybody, welcome to We Need to Talk About Kevin, uh, the only podcast about just the most pointless TV shows of all time. Uh, I'm Ted.
1: Uh, I'm Rose. I'm Trevor.
0: Uh, And this week we watched Comic Book Men, which is a reality show (laughs) about Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash, a comic book shop sort of it's more just like a i don't want to say this but it's like a nerd shop Uh and it is run by walt flanagan uh who drew the kevin comics that we discussed Uh, i don't remember how many episodes ago that was um brian johnson who directed the movie vulgar uh and is the inspiration for the randall character and then mike who doesn't i don't think Is that significant other than being Kevin's friend? And then uh, Ming Chen, who I don't know if he is really Kevin's friend or if he's like knows Kevin through these other guys. He's
1: the Asian guy that they invited to bully uh, during every
0: episode. Yeah. Yes. He's the only one I would even consider like talking to if I like he's the only one I wouldn't just immediately be like, holy shit, you're the most annoying person alive. I'm never going to interact with you again.
1: For the audience at home, I think uh, I, <laughs> I think in talking about comic book men, this is a re- I think this is a real um, sleeper hit of the Kevin Canon because it's not <laughs> something that on on its face um, is like I mean it's it, it is pretty bad on its face I'll say that but it, it didn't come it doesn't come at you with like the same obnoxiousness that the other Kevin stuff does. Um, it's so part of the this like type of reality show genre. That mostly, it's very dull. But my God, after watching, I got I got through four and a half episodes. My co-hosts got through uh, a full season. Um, <laughs> watching it for a while, eventually you you get a portrait of Kevin's friend group, and you're left with um, just a harrowing. Depiction of yes. what the life of a, what the life of a nerd uh, is like, and, and I I want to warn people at home too that um, this is going to be a, a pretty anti-nerd episode. I think I'm going to go pretty hard on nerds in this one.
0: I will say that there this is a specific type of nerd whose population I think used to be the norm for mm-hmm. nerds, but nowadays I think that's it, sort of dwindling. Like I don't think there's as many nerds who are like vindictive and narcissistic as all these people are. Um, I-, I think like a lot of nerds nowadays are like uh, gay. <laughs> Not
2: gay, but like, you know, like Steven
0: Universe types. I like yeah. Steven Universe, you know? But like, I, I think I think it has changed in a-, in a way that makes this seem like even worse. Like, we know that you don't have to be like this. Oh, now, you,
1: you can be a nerd apologist, but I will never trust a nerd again after watching this. I mean, I'm not. Pro nerd. <laughs> Who
3: cares? I don't even care about categorizing these people. They're just goblins to me, they're just freaks. <laughs> these guys would have been, no matter what like, generation of nerds or whatever subculture these guys belong to, no matter wh- what position they're in in life, they would just be assholes. Just irritating, (laughs) fucking dull, boring shitheads. So I don't even care. Like, yeah, they're nerds. They love comics. Brian Johnson seems to be the one who, like, is less into comics in like a performative way just so he can make fun yeah. of the other ones yeah. for being more into comics or something
0: and he also <laughs> doesn't work at the shop he's just there because he has nothing else in his life I, guess.
3: I, I feel like that's part of the whole conceit of the show is that he doesn't work there i I've, i mean he's probably getting he's obviously getting paid i mean to be on the show yeah. at least <laughs> but i feel like yeah. he's just on the kevin smith jay and silent bob secret stash payroll just to sit around, Mm. and it's very important that this guy, Brian Johnson, was the inspiration for Randall, because Uh. this, it almost makes, even though Comic Book Man is completely pointless, completely inessential, it was exactly what I was expecting it to be. I could have not watched it and given (laughs) it basically the same description,
0: but it's an interesting... The only hiccup was... Ming. That was the only thing that was like a little. Yeah, I'd I had
3: seen expecting. Ming pop up in a couple of the documentaries, but didn't really know who he was. But Brian Johnson, it makes an interesting bookend to clerks because you see what a Randall actually turns into what a 40 Ooh, yeah. 50 year old randall yes. looks like and it's just this weird creepy obnoxious old man who's constantly <laughs> lingering around his like uh slightly less shitty friends who are theoretically trying to do slightly. work but it's all fake for the purpose of the show i don't think yeah. these guys have actual jobs all of these customer yeah. encounters were probably screened and planned and acted out. Like none of it feels remotely oh, sure, authentic, sure. but Brian Johnson is just standing around being an asshole, being very rude to the customers who he's not <laughs> in any way trying to help because he's not even pretending to
0: work there. And then it rubs off on the people that do work, like he'll say <laughs> something mean, and then oh, the people yeah. that work there are, are and are like negotiating with you for money just start to like make fun of you which is like yeah maybe that doesn't happen with real customers but still like i'm not gonna go into your fucking shop every time a woman uh
3: comes into the shop that we see in this season oh we're
1: getting to that the
3: they turn oh into God. such fucking weirdos like Yes, if they're not actively hostile yeah. towards the woman, <laughs> which they sometimes are, especially Brian, uh, they're just weird and make the most uncomfortable jokes, waste so much of their time, mm-hmm. especially when it's like a lady who's like, oh, this is my boyfriend's thing. I don't know anything about it. I just want to know how much it's worth. <laughs> Instead of just being like, oh, yeah, this is, does, isn't really worth anything. We could give you 10 bucks for it. They spend like, all this time going back and forth, having this whole conversation about the history of the Barbie doll or whatever the fuck, only at the very end to be like, oh yeah, no, we don't really sell these. And I mean, I'd give you five. And it's just
0: like, it's so weird. And every single woman without (laughs) any, literally any variants are so fucking pissed. Every single one. And these women come from like different backgrounds and stuff like some of them are into this stuff. I think there was at least one and they you can tell they fucking hate it like at least a lot of the guys that come in are like having a good time like they're like uh, yeah yeah whatever but the women are just <laughs> so upset and i fucking it- would be too i don't want to talk to these fucking nerds give me my money
1: yeah i think you could write a, i think you could write a whole thesis on um the weird misogyny of nerd culture of this specific like gen x uh, kind of nerd culture just from watching this show. It is so layered in misogyny in like ways that I feel I've I've like witnessed. You know, I I've read and witnessed being discussed in like you know feminist texts or whatever. And this show lays them out so fucking bare because you have like I mean whatever yeah whenever a woman shows up when, there's one scene where there's a there's a pretty girl outside and uh, one of the guys just gets pissed before she even gets in there <laughs> he's like ah they never buy anything they never yeah. spend any money they don't they don't yeah. like being in here like uh, all the women that come in get treated horribly uh, there's a repeated thing where a woman okay here here's the thing i do have, i do have to say up front spoilers for people uh reality shows aren't real uh all these people are invited on obviously but um every episode pretty much has at least one woman on it like one customer woman and pretty much every episode they're like whoa oh there's a there's a girl in the comic book shop um and (laughs) and then all the behind the scenes stuff like all their conversations behind the scenes are them like Talking how, about how much they hate their wives, and
2: oh my god! <laughs> um,
1: how much uh, they want a, or how much they want a girlfriend? Uh, just like the ugly, the ugliest uh, <laughs> treatment of women yeah. that we've maybe seen in like any of our ventures on this podcast
0: there is a montage of ming who is uh the nicest character and honestly he se- doesn't seem like that bad a guy of course everybody else in the show like his purpose is to get bullied by yeah them. and
3: ming seems like a very dumb guy <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that he's like a sweet he's just a sweet dumb man who will take all of the abuse <laughs> from these fucking idiot yeah. assholes it's it sucks to see that yeah. <laughs> so there's
0: one episode where he's had an idea. It's like have a zombie day at the shop. It's a it's a dumb oh, idea. Sorry, Ming. That episode But he has sad. this idea. Oh, yeah. And he he wants it to work. So they let him do it because it's a reality show. And, you know, Um. and then there is a and l- and, and because they montage. made up the
3: idea of him having an idea. And yes, yeah, it's, obviously. A fake, like a, it's Like, mm-hmm. oh, what's today's little sitcom plot? Ming has a stupid idea. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And there's a massive montage, a fucking massive montage of Ming out on the street, like, hey, hey, ladies, they're all women, first of all, that doesn't make any sense. Men walk around on the street, yeah. too, probably more, if I had to guess, you know. Um, <laughs> and and he's like, stopping all these ladies, like, hey, you like zombies? No, D- does your boyfriend like zombies? It's the worst way to fucking approach oh people and be like, hey, you like zombies? You're trying to get them to come
3: to your shop where you sell comic books and other kinds of stuff. And I guess there's some zombie stuff there, too. And you're just asking every person, hey, you like zombies? That's
0: weird. You're creeping people out. We should clarify that every single interaction inside the store is somebody selling something to them. Most of them. There, there, uh, there are a couple. There's a few buyers. There were a few interactions that were people
3: wanting to buy rare stuff, but most of them were people that had stuff to sell because they're trying to find the most interesting uh, uh, interactions or like the hottest women that come in. Those are the mm-hmm. criteria, I think, Ugh, for yeah. which which interactions they chose to like dramatize for this reality show.
1: The zombie episode was definitely the roughest one because, um, mm-hmm. I mean, they bully Ming the hardest in it, but also um, that's also where I think it's the maybe the most hostile to women. I think that might be the most hostile one because that montage and also the bizarre and very lengthy diatribe about how women don't like horror how they don't like blood and guts and stuff like that which i find very bizarre because of like all the nerd stuff that they're into i feel like horror is pretty like even across genders like horror has a huge history with feminism yeah. even uh like women i think like horror
0: <laughs> in my experience women typically like like there's more women woman i don't know woman horror fans than men like I,
1: like <laughs> Like, um, I, um, it's October, it's October right now. And, uh, like I see loads of, of wonderful, you know, uh, creative women that I know sharing stuff about their favorite horror movies and and how much it meant to them. So that one I found particularly odd because it wasn't even like, oh, women don't like Batman. Like horror is a huge genre, you know,
3: (laughs) these are middle-aged men. And this was almost 10 years ago now. And these are middle-aged men who's like. Most updated ideas about gender roles are maybe from like nineties sitcoms like they don't
1: they don't <laughs> probably from Jersey Girl, yeah, they don't
3: fucking have any <laughs> understanding of that stuff they're they're just echoing whatever they've seen in like the fucking yeah. <laughs> on t v or
1: whatever their wives tell them. Uh. (laughs) their wives who apparently are a huge burden on all of them
3: (laughs) yeah what the fuck i don't read too much into like toxic nerd culture and in particular with these guys just because they're so specifically weird and shitheaded. headed yeah they're very specific kinds of guys not that there aren't other nerds like this or whatever but they're just like these just seem like fucked up weird guys to me and i
1: I think they're pretty average, honestly. Like, they're pretty mediocre average Oh, no,
3: they're very mediocre people. But I mean, like... But I think
1: they're also average, like, in nerd culture. Like, I think there's a lot of people like that.
3: So, Brian Johnson, we know, is a sick fuck because we watched his movie Vulgar... Uh, we he's know the he's he's yeah. a, he's he's well, actually maybe not. He's a sicko. <laughs> There's something wrong with that man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. oh, also, I hate <laughs> so many things he said, like were fucking weird to me. One that really stuck out was they were OK. So instead of doing the usual like on most reality shows, they do like the talking head bits to the camera. Instead of that They have a thing Where they're all Like pretending To record a podcast With Kevin And recapping the episode This, this couldn't possibly Be a real podcast They're recording Because they're just no. They're no. just narrating The stuff that's happening On the show But they're in a studio Pretending they're making A podcast But it's, it's just so It's just so Kevin Can be there And riff with them And he can make A terrible joke And they can all laugh Really fucking hard At everything Kevin says
0: I will say This is the most Bearable Kevin Has ever been Because it had to go on <laughs> (laughs)
1: Well, I mean, Kevin in this, uh, it it feels like uh, uh, if anyone's played, uh, you know, Dark Souls 2, there's a boss that you fight that's like the rat king. (laughs) And uh, it's a giant rat, but he has a ton of like smaller uh, diseased rats (laughs) that surround him. And it feels like Kevin's the rat king. And these are all (laughs) his little diseased rats running around.
3: (laughs) You're really seeing Kevin in his element. These are with his people. Yeah. Uh, these
1: are people who think he's cool, really. Yeah, cool. these are the
3: people who were his friends before he like got famous, and now he like takes care of them, and they love him. And uh, but anyway, so in the very be- in the beginning of episode two, they're going around in their fake podcast recording and talking about what superpower they would want if they could have a superpower. And Brian Johnson <laughs> immediately, without hesitation, was like invisibility, which everyone knows wow. is the creep answer, like. Yes, the the invisibility is what is like the thing that you is if you say that people think that you're a creep, and he says it like not even hesitating, just like as soon as the question, he's like invisibility, and it's just like yeah, of course you want fucking invisibility, psycho.
1: (laughs) There are so many little moments that you could compile in this that are just the most, uh, besides being like really misogynist, also just like weird <laughs> like why are you saying these things at your age just like a moment where they're talking on their fake podcast afterwards about a comic book that they sold to a girl who's very into uh comic books like a big fan it was an expensive comics she wanted for her collection and then uh i think uh one of them says that i i sold it to her and then brian johnson's like oh yeah, yeah you really you really gave it to her huh And he's like, yeah, I did. Like, yeah. what the fuck? This is like, these are the jokes that you make?
3: These are, this, <laughs> these are the gen, this is, these are fucking Gen X boys. These are to- the some of the biggest losers <laughs> to come out of Generation X. That's, that's what it's you rough, get. Man. They're like the fucking filthy runoff from that stupid generation.
1: I could do a whole podcast on, on just the way they fucking talk about women. Oh, yeah. I should probably, probably, uh, uh,
0: move on. <laughs> (laughs) and that's the thing is that like it's not like there's that much of that in there it's just that it's so completely pervades like your brain the whole show like makes you feel bad nothing makes me feel even close to as bad as like whenever a woman walked in like i watched seven (laughs) episodes of this show and oh my every time it happened i would like like clench a little bit like oh fuck the, the one of the funniest or worst moments to me, which, which leads into another
1: thing the show is weird about. Um, a woman comes in with a Catwoman uh, doll. Yes. And it's like the uh, Halle Berry Catwoman. Oh my God. And there is a biz- bizarre um, conversation where everyone is talking about how inappropriate it is for a child to have this because she's like, She's got what is it, like ripped jeans and like, uh, I, I don't know, some kind of leather top. She has a bare midriff. It was much, much more scantily clad
3: than previous Catwomans. And they talk about that a lot.
1: Yeah. Th- so they obsess over it and pretty much everyone except for, um sorry, what what's, what's the? Ming.
0: Ming, yeah. Ming. Uh,
1: <laughs> Ming's the only one who seems like normal about it uh yeah he's
0: like i would give this to my daughter and then i think he does right yeah, he buys he it
1: gives for ten dollars
3: that's the conversation i was trying to remember earlier because she's just like that was it, the catwoman thing was like a present from her ex-boyfriend or and they're like do you like catwoman she's like i guess no Not it was really.
0: it was her husband bought it for her daughter for their daughter yeah. And she was like, oh, OK, no, which first of all, you're not going to buy an antique toy for your it's daughter. Not an, like, that's it's weird. Not, it's from right?
3: fucking 2004. This was an eight year old toy. But she doesn't she doesn't know anything. So she thinks maybe she could get some money at this comic book shop because she knows nothing about oh. this well, stuff. Yeah. No, that's and, not
0: what I'm saying. The husband like, why are you buying an eight year old toy for your daughter?
3: Yeah, that that's weird. that's weird. I don't know what that's about. I'm trying to talk about why these guys are weird, though, because they're wasting a <laughs> whole bunch of this yeah, woman's yeah. time. <laughs> they immediately know they're not going to buy that. And it's not worth anything. And instead of just be also. I, got, I have a lot more to say about Walt Flanagan because he's a weirdo. I, yeah. He's my most despised. He has a whole pride thing about not having Barbies in the shop, no matter how comic book that's rele- what was, relevant yeah. they are, which is such a, like, <sighs> that's a girl's toy. Which is a comic book shop. We
0: can't sell Barbie. Yeah. But he also, like, calls a lot <laughs> yeah. of things dolls. Which, okay. but, yeah. But yeah. So he
3: knows from the beginning he's not gonna buy it, and instead of just being like, oh yeah, this isn't really worth anything. Sorry. They're like, have to have a whole, they have a whole conversation about in front of her they name every actress that played catwoman on the old tv show they're like they talk about the show. they go through the whole timeline of catwomans and the to get to the halle berry pool and like the woman's just standing there like oh yeah oh cool and then at the and then she's like okay so how much is it worth it's like oh yeah we can't i don't know five dollars and she's like well it's like oh i'm not gonna buy that i don't buy barbies sorry and it's just like what do you fucking freaks do it why didn't you just say that in the first place
1: I I got a great I got a great quote I gotta say from that um uh I mean for one thing them saying we don't sell Barbies that's hilarious I mean come on yes you do for one thing it's only it's only Walt (laughs) nobody else cares yeah and and it's a Catwoman thing but the best part was um this was the (laughs) the thing I was gonna lead to another thing that these boys are weird about um they mentioned that Earthic Kit played Catwoman, Mm. which she did. She's wonderful. And specifically, they immediately say, oh yeah, she played Catwoman with Soul. (laughs) Yeah, Um, what the fuck? And then then compare her to Foxy Brown. And I was like, I'm like, I'm not I'm not saying anything explicitly. I'm just saying it's a little bit weird that the first thing you went to was with soul. (laughs) And uh, Foxy Brown. That's
3: racist. They're just trying to think of other black things black words to use and other black women to name soul because eartha kitt in batman is nothing like fucking foxy brown she doesn't have an afro she has that very specific like uh mewling cat-like voice she's not like foxy brown they're just they tried to think of another black woman from pop culture and that was (laughs) the first thing they came up with yeah
1: Of course, all all these moments are set up ahead of time. They're all screened, blah, blah, blah. This was, I would say, one of the most fake moments. Because I mean, the price of the thing is obviously so low. This isn't a, this isn't a woman who's very interested in this stuff. This is obviously someone they brought in so she could be uh, so she could come into the comic book store with this, and then all the boys could uh, have a, a weird little slutch Jamie moment yeah. and talk about how they don't sell Barbies, and then she could be like, and she'd be like, um, I don't really like comic books. I'm like a hot girl. <laughs> um, like that's what Jesus. she was supposed to be, obviously. <laughs>
0: Like, every customer, they do that thing where they talk about the history and stuff. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the customers are into it. Yes. Like, a little over half, I would say. Don't bring in people who don't give a shit. It makes the show bad. Even if you like that stuff. Like, I can't imagine you wanting to see that. uh, Maybe it's this, like, offshoot of the weird, vindictive, like, nerd type of person where they, like, (laughs) want people to not, like, know and not like them. But it it just felt so, like... Why would you, if you're directing this and editing this? Why are you putting that in?
1: That's a good point about the the dynamic of this shot because obviously I I think or not obviously I should say because I think it took me a bit to pick up on this that they are trying to be, um, mean in a charming way, kind of like how people talk about Randall in the original Clerks, yeah. like definitely trying to lean into that, and it is so. Um, it is so unlikable. It's so yeah. unfunny. Uh, the, their, their constant um, just bitterness towards each other and towards the customers, because uh, there's nothing creative about it. There, there's nothing funny about it.
3: The thing that was probably the most surprising to me about the show, especially with Walt, I think Walt was the most surprising character to me. And it's because yeah, I wasn't yeah. expecting the show to be so focused on haggling and bargaining and stuff. I kind of thought it would be yeah. like, these guys run this comic book shop, they hang out at the comic shop, have some funny encounters or what. But no, like it's all set up as like a series a of star. like negotiations, like it's uh, storage wars. Yeah. or and sometimes they go on yeah, adventures, yeah.
0: like off adventures. There's
3: an episode <laughs> where they play hockey Yeah, they're very fake scripted adventures a lot of the time. But but like for the most part, it goes from one like negotiation to the next. And Walt seems like a very like stingy kind of like has this very like has this very like half assed kind of entrepreneurial mindset. But he's not even good at haggling. He's always like he's (laughs) always showing all his cards. Like he's always saying, like yeah. this is how yeah. much I need to sell it for. So this is the absolute lowest that I like. He's he's giving all the parameters of what he's willing to negotiate.
0: And in Pawn Stars or something, they like do that stuff after the fact. Like they have the like talking head shots, where he's like, "This is what I was thinking." So it like works. I mean, I don't really like Pawn Stars, but like I can see how that works. They don't do that in this, and I. I don't don't know why like that's the most interesting thing you could do and they don't it's mostly Walt doing the haggling
3: Walt and what was the other guy's name Mike? He he get he does that a little those two seem like the ones that like really care about the business or at least that's why they're pretending to be for the show because I'm pretty sure this business loses money And is pretty much just a make work program for Kevin's friends (laughs) to set them up with a paycheck I doubt their turn but and yet, weirdly, like Walt seems to approach it like he's trying to get the most out of each of these customers. Like he has this very slimy businessman kind of attitude that he's very open about. He doesn't like try to hide from the customers. <laughs> like he, he's trying, he tells each customer exactly how much profit he wants to make mm. off of the thing that he's lowballing them for. And it's, it's his, yeah. his haggling is very inconsistent because sometimes he'll just be so impressed by how amazing a collection is when he sees really rare stuff yeah. <laughs> that he like drops all pretense and he's like, no, no, no. Yeah. I can't even buy these from you. You should, you need to go, you need to get a pricing guide. Or you need to go to a proper <laughs> auction house. Uh, like instead of being like, oh yeah, I'll give you a thousand dollars, you know, trying to, but if it's anything that's kind of in between, especially if the person seems like they don't know that much, it seems like he's just trying to rip them off but doing a bad job of it.
1: Yeah, I was so confused. Like, I mean, why cut the biggest drama of the show? And and it's a it's a fake show, anyways. Like, why would you have these scenes where someone comes in with great stuff and then it's like, oh, I can't, I'm I'm not gonna bid on this. Like, like, they respect
3: certain classic comics too much. If it's valuable enough, they have too much respect for it as collectors to undervalue. Yeah. It.
1: <laughs> it's such a terrible way to structure a show and 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 this and like I said this isn't this isn't reality. You can just fake that scene. Just have them come in and like have Walt try and cheat them or something. Like I've never seen a show so purposefully just like cut off its most interesting elements
0: uh that's the thing is like there's a lot about this show that do interest me like i'm a little fucking dweeb and i think the history (laughs) of comics and like manufacturing toys is like kind of interesting and they make it so aggravating and unbearable to watch that I fucking hated this show. They don't, yeah.
1: they don't even seem to know that much.
3: It's It's the kind of thing, it's like when you're having a conversation with, like, a certain kind of person who, when some subject comes up, whether it's a comic book or a toy or something, they, like, immediately dump all the historical information they have on that, like, like that's how it feels whenever they're talking about stuff, like explaining different toy companies and shit like that. They're just yeah. dumping all the information they know ab- about about this in thing, totally bland ways. Yeah, it's not in any kind of like organic way. <laughs> it's just that they're they all trying even... to put in all the information that they have to show how much
0: they know. I, I did like when Robert Bruce would show. Oh, up. that I was trying to remember his name. <laughs> I kind of liked him. He was a kooky character, and he would progressively yeah.
1: be dressed weirder and weirder, yeah. which was kind of fun. Yeah, and he was into Godzilla, which I appreciate But that
3: was another thing yeah. that made their uh, haggling style so weird and conspicuous, is that half the time, Walt would be like, well, I'm not an expert on this particular thing, so I'm just going to call up an expert on it so he can come give... It. And it's always that guy, Robert Bruce, who's the expert on everything, apparently. Mm-hmm.
0: And I believe hey, Robert I, Bruce. I like I think he, knows he
3: seems like such a... So This guy's like a professional collector, so he's probably like an independently rich guy that just wastes a bunch of money on all kinds of old toys and shit. Well,
0: he could, like, I've known some guys, like, there was a, I can't remember what exactly collected, there was a guy in my hometown who like, his whole living was buying and reselling collector shit. So like, I think it's, that could, that's the vibe I got from him anyway. So this is
3: a guy who might make a comfortable living buying and selling old toys and stuff. But also, if you pass by him, you might mistake him for like a homeless
0: man. Like, he's just that kind of a... <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's a genuine weirdo. He, just,
0: he has, like, the professor ponytail where he doesn't have all his yeah. hair, but what he do, what's left is long and thin. He kind of has dreads, doesn't he? Like I, I think at one point he does, but he gets rid of them. so <laughs> oh, uh, good.
3: <laughs> I, I, he's he's yeah. a very weird guy. But, like, if I'm, like, trying to sell you something... Uh, I, I, like I'm trying to get money from some old comic book or something, and, and the guy at the store is like, "Oh, can you hold on? Just wait like 20 or 30 minutes while my friend <laughs> comes here to try to help me rip you off better." And it's like, "No, yeah. fucker! <laughs> like, do you want to buy it or not? What kind of shit? What is this? A fucking pawn shop? You know? It's so." It's so weird the way they, like, uh, run this.
0: One of, like, the most insane moments in that sort of vein is they are having... They're, like, talking to this woman who Brian offends, like, pretty bad. And it's obvious. And she's taking it in stride. But clearly she hates these men now, Mm as we should. As they said, And... Brian the guy who doesn't work there is like well what if we like held it for her and then we gave basically he describes what commission like selling stuff on commission is how how is that not part of their business model that's 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 like a central point of a lot of resale shops is like oh we can do commission or we can just buy it from you insane. Yeah, well, Brian
3: also... Wait, was it Brian that said that? Because he also seems to not... Yeah, he
0: had the idea. He seems to
3: not actually know anything about what's going on exactly. in the business. Yeah. And will just throw out unhelpful suggestions and not really know but what's they do going it. on. Yeah, because he's like a big brother kind of character to all of them. So even yeah. though they're the ones theoretically doing work, if we buy the basic premise of the scenario, they're do, they're doing some kind of job Brian is there just shitting on them, making fun of them, but they'll still like listen to him like he's mm-hmm. the leader and he probably gets paid just as much as them too.
0: <laughs> well, oh, That's what I'm saying yeah, is definitely. like you should know about commission. Like and that should be a part of your model, I think. Especially when you're moving things that are so big, like you you can't have insane amounts of money to throw around. I get that it's a TV show, but just Can you do commission uh, for like a stack of comic books like that though? Like for each one? No, they were selling them out as a collection, I think. I don't remember, oh. it was something that was really expensive, but it wasn't as expensive as she wanted it to be or something. Do you, do you remember when they went to the yard sale and like
3: there was so much of them talking about how stoked they oh were about God. the yard sale? And then when they found like there's boxes right. of comics and they asked how much they were and the owner said, oh, they're like $2 each. You could see their eyes, like, especially Walt. Like, for Walt, it was like, holy shit, I can flip the, he's always talking about how much he can flip stuff for, and he makes it sound so
0: seedy and gross, you know? Cause, which like, th- is his job, so I get it, but he, he has such a little rat face. Yeah, and he, he has very, it's very unlikable. unlikable. I hate him.
1: But he's, you know, he's not Howie from Uncut Gems, okay? I, I don't find this guy sympathetic.
3: <laughs> I mean, this is a fucking novelty store. It's like a Kevin Smith vanity comic shop. And all he has to do is kind of, like, sit there and maintain it and, like you you would think that like oh these guys are such huge lovers of the form of comic books they 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 just but then like they just get to work with comic books and do whatever they want but no he's constantly like scheming like to try to get the best return and really i don't i don't believe i don't believe his level of investment in the business i think it's partially just for the cameras and he's trying to look like a smart cool businessman because he's being filmed you know but I don't really know what to make of it. I don't know what to believe about this show. I would assume that the comic book shop loses money, and Kevin just pays them anyway because, like, he's just trying to give him something to do.
1: Well, the show is uh, clearly, um, and Kevin says this. He said this in an interview. It's clearly it's Pawn Stars for geeks. That's what he said, and yeah. that's clearly what's trying to replicate. Nothing in this show is real. All of it is staged, and um, there are. I want to talk about the relationship to Pawn Star a little bit because I actually find it interesting. Um, just from uh, you know. As an example, if you're going to make a reality show, um, I would say that Comic Book Men is a a good example of things that you shouldn't do um, because it, comparing it to Pawn Stars, I mean, first thing off the bat, um, Pawn Stars uh, can be anything, you know? You can get yeah. anything in a pawn shop. So the items you get are wildly varied and they are visual and you can show them to the camera and you can point out things and be like, oh, I, re- I recognize this part. This means it's from this, blah, blah, blah. With a, com- with a comic book shop, it's just people coming in and they're like, oh, I have Hulk 46 and Superman 52, and I'm like, whoop do you doo, I don't know what that means.
0: <laughs> you need know. to be like a specific kind of nerd to care, it's so insane. I'll-
1: all these guys, whenever they talk about it, um, all the information they give is just like, "Oh yeah, this was oh th- this was when uh, Wonder Woman first showed up," and I'm like, "Okay, cool, great." It's such like a fetishistic uh, relationship with these marketing
2: yeah.
0: materials. It's like pure consumption. It's there's no Where- like deeper meaning of it to any of them other than mm. like I liked this when I was a kid. I must have it. Like mm. it's if they
1: so if they see if they see something with uh, a Batman logo on it, like suddenly it becomes valuable to them. And they're like, you know, making uh, deals on just like (laughs) random pieces of junk that inherit worth purely through like, like either some weird historical connection or like some mythic connection to like, oh, this is a replica of, uh, this is one of the coolest items and it was still lame. This is a replica of the Batman yeah. uh, mask from the Adam yeah. West show. It's still lame, it's not the real one, but <laughs> that was like the but most a, interesting but it's item. it's a perfect replica. And like, like and Walt cares? was like,
3: I have to have this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Uh, the the other the other thing I want to point out is that you compare uh, any other reality show, take a uh, Duck Dynasty, because I I'll say I actually enjoy reality TV. It's it's a genre it's a genre that is so built on formula that it just like oof, it it mm-hmm. satisfies you. But shows like Duck Dynasty and like you know Gordon Ramsay's show, the thing they rely on is just putting the camera on people who are wacky and weird and fun to watch, and then putting it into this kind of addictive format with the sound effects and everything. I mean, this show, it's the most boring people you've ever met talking about just completely inane shit. I've, um, uh, at least for I've me. I've never
3: watched any of those shows. They all seem totally boring and
1: annoying to Gordon me. Gordon Ramsay's shows are awesome. Hell's Kitchen, I don't, Kitchen is, I don't oof, It's care a masterpiece. About Gordon Ramsay.
3: I'm sure he's more interesting than these people, but I still don't. Well, give he's a British shit. and
1: mean. I hate him. Yeah. Well, so. <laughs> that's true. I do hold that against him.
0: I never watched reality shows like ever really but my sister watched like a ton of different ones growing up so I would always like be in the room while they were on and stuff and this mm-hmm. is the worst performed reality show I have ever seen it's so <laughs> obvious whenever something is like truly truly a script that they got given we're told to act out that it's like mm-hmm. What you couldn't have just given them a skeleton? Like that would be better if they just had to like say something. It's like clearly they had to memorize these words and say them, and it's so fucking obvious. And not a single yeah. one of them. There's pulls like parts of- the worst
3: the worst ones to me are the episodes they try to give these whole fake sitcom plots, especially the one with yeah. Jason Muse. Mewes- where the whole thing was created so one. fake. <laughs> Jason, yeah. J- it's like they create this whole fake thing where Jason Muse shows up and says like, oh, Kevin told me to come here. But then in the 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 discussion with Kevin, he's like, what? I didn't tell him to go there. He was it's like, they're cr- it's like, obviously this was all no. fucking planned for the show. Like he didn't just show up yeah. and lie or Kevin didn't send him and lie. Like this is nobody's buying this shit. And then the whole thing is just that Jason Mewes keeps taking stuff, and they put is it Ming? Is Ming the one that they put in charge of like trying to charge him, and he just keeps slipping
0: past? And yeah, not, that it just takes so, Ming's money. Like okay, yeah, it's they're,
1: they're trying to recreate the plot from Clerks, but as a reality show, it's the mo- it's the most transparent shit. I think that's episode one as well, which sets a bad standard. It's
3: like two or three, but it's obviously fake mm-hmm. and just it's not funny at all and it's just like here you have jason muse and he's like you know doing a favor for kevin or whoever and he's like doing this dumb little comedy bit but it's mostly just them like having such fake conversations where they're like what <laughs> did he pay for that like and it's just like what are you doing what what
1: <laughs> the the do we uh do we believe um, because I I actually kind of do believe this might be real. Um, do we believe that the con really was? Uh, no, that when was they all fake. Up? There was no con. No, it was never that a was con. That was completely
3: fake. They drove five minutes down the road for that shit. I was,
1: I can kind of believe it because I can believe because. Um, uh, you know, I, I have worked on some local reality Ooh. television. <laughs> um, I can't imagine that this show was actually poorly planned enough that they scheduled to go to some con and they didn't um, they didn't check on it uh, in time and left it in the show. Yeah, because that because the, the only reason I believe it is that, yeah, they're like, oh, I mean, yeah, they're, may- they're lazy. Maybe, they're yeah. going to put whatever they film in in it. And the garage sale just felt so awkward and anticlimactic. I'm like, I don't know if they planned it to be that way. Like either way, they did a bad job, but I can't tell if it was incompetence or like on purpose.
3: The garage sale was very incidental uh, for them because they found all these comic books for cheap. They could resell a lot more. So that was like a huge... That, a huge oh, that's victory true. for them. Yeah. If if you're really investing in the stakes of this show, that was that was a big mm. moment. <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess I forgot about um, the stakes, which are did <laughs> Kevin's novelty shop making a profit by flipping comic books.
3: Yeah, it's very nebulous. They ne- they never
1: <laughs> they never refer to like
3: the actual like financial state hmm. of the business. Like give any indications <laughs> like oh we need to make this much money or our budget. They don't talk about a budget. They don't talk about logistics. None of that shit. It's all just like each transaction is like just viewed individually. Like, okay, how much can (laughs) I make off of this comic book in theory, if I were to sell it, because it's Mm -hmm. not like you're automatically going to find someone that wants to buy every rare thing. Like it's a very like statistical sort of thing where it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. so this is worth 600. To resell, but I paid three hundred for it, so I made money on that. But you might not sell that <laughs> for fucking eight years. It's they have huge piles yeah. of old comic books in there. They're clearly not yeah. <laughs> immediately reselling everything.
1: Yeah, this was the other the other structure thing that I just found funny. I found funny with it. it was just the the complete lack of stakes. And certain reality shows do have problems with with stakes and have to make up plot lines to like justify them, but You know at least in other shows there's like some drama involved some real motivation in this it's like literally an episode starts and they're just and ming's just like hey i i think we should shoot a commercial yeah uh for the store commercial and then then that's the episode (laughs) and then the commercial sucks and then they don't make any money it's like Great. That that was an awesome yeah. that was an awesome episode. <laughs> I love <laughs> this. AMC was probably footing the
3: bill for everything they did like while they were yeah, filming, so it doesn't really matter. But also the here here's what I think it's like in real life. Who knows about now, but here's what I'm assuming eight years ago when this show started, what really happened on a typical day at Janus Hylon Bob's Secret Stash is the real employees. Uh, would be trying to do their jobs and one or two or three of these guys would maybe be like hanging around getting in the way having long like annoying conversations with customers that like hold up the line and make your job more difficult while you're just trying to work for minimum (laughs) wage. but we don't see but they're the only ones We in the show it makes it look like the four of them or i guess three since brian doesn't actually work there are are working in the shop every day and running it, but I don't think there's probably a real manager, someone who's like actually yeah, uh, keeping track of the finances. <laughs> and these are just the annoying guys with like s- these uh, tenured positions that can just show up and have long and just annoy the customers and get in the way mm-hmm. and just make everyone's life yeah. harder.
1: It's the real shop. I I assume every day what the shop is is you got minimum wage dudes working the counter and probably some of Kevin's friends kicking around and all day you're not getting people coming in to uh, pawn off comic book uh, and comic book related merchandise. You're gonna get so many people uh, coming in there trying to do lines, trying to say snoochie boochies. Like it's a fan store, you know? It's like going to the Harry Potter uh, store or something.
3: The most prominently displayed items uh, in the shop are all, like, Kevin Smith things. They have all these Kevin Smith (laughs) standees. They have the posters for all his movies. They have all the uh, comic books, like, tie-ins to all his movies, like, very prominently displayed. That's what everyone's buying there. There's probably a very small minority of people coming in there
1: because it's their favorite place to find obscure comics or whatever. And personally, if I was going to a place that was called Jay and Bob's Secret Stash, (laughs) I'd expect it to be a head shop. Like I'd expect them to be selling bongs and stuff like that. I wouldn't be expecting a comic book shop.
0: (laughs) They should have had like a couple bongs on sale.
3: Yeah, but Kevin is probably too uh, chicken to have that (laughs) stuff. He's probably (laughs) worried about trouble. He saw Tommy Chong go to jail and he doesn't want to. Did Tommy Chong go to jail over uh, like a a head shop? For selling bongs online. Really?
1: Yeah. I didn't know that. I don't think That's, I don't think that they sucks. would. It was Jeez. it was
3: barely legitimate then. Like it was basically an illegal mm. like sentencing, but now I don't, I don't even move. think they'd even bother with that anymore.
2: No.
0: So many people had like come from New York to sell their stuff at this store. You live in New York. They have every they have every kind of store there. That's like they have everything. That's the whole yeah. point of New York is everything's <laughs> there, you got it all, don't worry about Just it. It's the Big Apple, baby. This guy's like, oh, I drove all the way from Brooklyn. It's like, bitch, no, you didn't. That's you <laughs> did. That's stupid, like, sorry, you're yeah. a dumbass. There's um, You live in New York. And the people that actually had uh, anything
3: good, like anything actually valuable, they're just like, oh, yeah, you got to take that to the auction houses, which are in fucking Manhattan. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
3: it's just like, um, so like, what are they even wasting their time that like, they're not looking for that stuff. They're looking for medium le- quality stuff they can rip off from people who don't know enough to know that their- everyone, who <laughs> every, every yeah. person that tried to sell them stuff that seemed like they were also a comic collector they were always dissatisfied and always like, no, I can't do that. And they took their stuff <laughs> and left like almost all of them.
0: Yeah. Cause they know they can get more. For it. The yeah. people
3: that actually sold for the shitty prices they're offering were like, people that just seemed like they were desperate for money and just had some comic book thing. Yeah. And they were like, sorry, we can get, okay, I can do $20. And like the guy walks out and then comes back <laughs> in it's like, all right, I'll take the 20. I got to take the fucking bus. <laughs> oh, that's, it's a bummer. It's weird.
1: It's a pretty bad vibes show unless unless and this is obviously who it's made for unless you are just in love with Kevin yeah, Smith and his friends. if for, that's all you care about, you get to spend time
3: with them. Kevin's gonna show up in each episode a little bit and riff on what happens on the show with them. And that's what people are there to see. Really, they're just there yeah. to see Kevin.
0: I sort of wanna get into and I, I think I'm the only one who watched this episode. This is the show went on, first of all, for seven seasons, which is insane because it sucks. Um, <laughs> but the very last episode of season seven is all of this shit that we just talked for like almost an hour about multiplied by ten. The <laughs> acting is so much worse. Oh, I they can't I crazy. can't so even imagine. <laughs> mm. It's so bad. So this episode is centered around the fact that they are getting they all insist on putting it this way. They are getting popped. Ugh. They're being made into Funko. Pops. Oh God! Um, no! I have a deep hatred for Funko Pop. Uh, there is they a creep me out Funko Pop subreddit that I look at when I want to make myself feel bad. Um, there is a couple who got a Funko Pop of their dead daughter. Oh my wow. God! A custom made one. Just oh man, I saw shit. I saw
1: custom made. Oh, I feel bad even saying this. I saw someone share on Twitter the other day that someone made a custom uh, George Floyd Funko Pop no, I saw and posted it onto Reddit. That's disgusting. Sickening. The darkest Sickening. thing. Darkest thing I've seen in a long time.
0: <laughs> You'd want to believe that as like, serious collectors who like really like the craft and this stuff, that they'd be like, well, we don't like Funko Pops. No, they love them. Because <laughs> all they care about, all they could possibly care about is like the pure like, capitalistic, I hate saying it like this, but just the consumptive nature of like, like, yes, I'm buying the little, the toys. And so, they fly out to wherever the fucking Funko Pop place is. But first of all, like, walt doesn't go because he doesn't fly (laughs) and so they do this thing where like well who's gonna run the store with you and he's like
1: we're gonna have robert
0: bruce come in and robert bruce comes in he's wearing like a crazy hat i love that guy and then it's set up like oh this is gonna be like a b plot where he's like interacting with the customers no they do like half a scene with him and then it's just all funko it's like oh (laughs) they're like oh this doesn't work let's just drop it Uh, so they're like they meet the funko like the two Funko Kings um, who look like the Property Brothers. They're not related even. They just sort of look alike. Um, They Mm. get an exclusive tour of Funko HQ, which I did not know existed, and I'm very sad to have learned (laughs) does. And at the end, it turns out, they are there for the unveiling, like the official first opening, grand opening of Funko HQ, and they get their pops brought out (laughs) to them. And... The Pops, are, they're just guys. They're, they're like the most unremarkable looking men I have ever seen. And all the Pops are just like generic guy, generic guy, generic guy. Yeah, because they look like every other fucking Funko Pop, yeah. but there's no costumes to put on them because they're just guys. Exactly. And they they don't have anything unique about them except for Brian Johnson. They made him look ancient and he does look ancient at this point but they like all the other guys look old too they give him lines around the eyes and like shit and they make his beard like even shittier than it Uh. is in real life it's like you got owned by the fucking people who make Funko Pops. What the hell? <laughs> I
1: I like uh, I think I like chubbier, um, Big Beard Brian better than I liked uh, <laughs> Young Playboy he, Brian. He
3: aged very badly, and he really looks like shit. Uh, but I like yeah. him better
1: as an ancient tree beard, though. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very...
3: The portrait of Brian Johnson that we get is very unsurprising, but it's very, like... It's like a reality check. Like, oh, this guy who was Randall in the 90s who thought he was, he was like, the cool, like, acerbic guy giving everyone shit. Like, this is what you become. This is what you turn... If he didn't have the rich friend to, like, mooch off of for whatever this life of his is, God knows where he would have ended up.
1: I think that Brian, personally... I, I think he comes off much better in this than he has in previous things that we've no, watched. No, and no, no, maybe no. that's because that I I personally think that Walt is easily the most despicable person on the show. Uh, yeah, Pure I actually agree. rat energy. Walt
3: really surprised me because I had no idea what he would be like. <laughs> Brian, I've already sort of been yeah. introduced to and the that's man's true. a massive creep. He's just as much of a creep as I remember him, <laughs> but now he's old and very old looking at least, and it's v- weird. And I have to talk about episode six because this is where we learned a lot more about Brian.
1: I, I checked out before uh, this one. For viewers at home, uh, I got uh, part way through episode five and then I just uh, texted our group and said, uh, that's enough. And then we started recording.
3: (laughs) Episode six was probably the most interesting one that I saw.
1: Really? uh, Because I
3: I was mainly focused on how much I hate Brian, although my hatred for Walt (laughs) and sort of uh, lesser hatred for that other guy, Mike, Kind of came Mike. out throughout the. Mike
1: seems okay. Ma- <laughs> I'll leave Mike alone. <laughs> I don't.
3: Mike is just—he's just weird. He seems like he's fucking Walt's little sidekick or something. I just don't trust him. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't know. I don't like any of those guys. The point is, in the so in episode six, the like s- setup for like the sitcom plot is that a guy with tattoos comes into the shop and all the guys are so impressed with this man for having tattoos. They talk about how he looks like such a tough guy in front of him. They're like, "Oh yeah, the tattoos make you look real tough." And like and then they're like talking about it with Kevin and being like, "Yeah, you know, it, I think I think Walt was like saying this directly like yeah you know for me whenever I see it with his little fucking rat mouth he's like Ugh. whenever I see a guy with like a covered all tatted up covered in tass I just think like that it's looks like, like a that real guy's tough a badass. Guy. that's like a badass that guy right like, there I, I'm not gonna mess like, with that guy that
0: guy's a badass yeah
3: and and it's like and then so basically because of that the plot is that they're all getting tattoos although at least one of them backs out I think Walt is the one that chickens out and doesn't get a tattoo. I don't remember. But the thing that's so weird is that (laughs) Brian is the tattoo that he wants to get is of his niece, who's like three or four years old. And he has his niece as a zombie uh, riding, riding a tricycle. And it looks terrible. It's horribly drawn. I don't know who was drawing these. Maybe Walt fucking was because we've all seen how great his art is but um he he has this ugly morbid disgusting drawing of his little baby niece as like a an undead monster and they all like tell him he's weird for wanting it just like and he's, he's like oh no she likes zombies just like me she loves zombies she'll love it and like and it's like okay so this guy's weird he's a creep the 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 big twist for me though is at the end of the episode you, you we meet his niece and his niece is adorable, and he's like, and he's very sweet with her. Aww. You know, and Aww. it's like,
0: yeah, it is really cute. Nice, I like. And he that. has the
3: tattoo, and uh, and he shows it to her, and he says, "Look, it's you as as a zombie." And her response is basically, "Me zombie," you know, like I it's I think she did like it. Like I, it seemed like she did. Yeah, she definitely wasn't upset by it. It didn't bother her. Uh, so his niece, uh, appears to have down syndrome and like, mm. she's not, so her response to the ta- the tattoo, yeah. she's like sort of smiling, but she's not super expressive. She just kind of says like, oh, she okay. kind of says like zombie me, you know, and like, she doesn't mm. cry or anything. So I guess it's fine. Fu- but that just makes me rethink when he says like oh, yeah, my, my uh, three-year-old intellectually disabled niece loves zombies. That just makes me think that Brian's going with all his zombie toys, playing with this like little baby girl, and being like, look, zombies. And she's like, zombies. And he's like, you like the zombies? And she's like, like zombies. And she's like, yeah, you like zombies like me. I don't know. Very weird guy, but he was very sweet with his niece. I have to give him credit for that. Anytime there was an adult
0: woman around him, he was absolutely oh. disgusting. Though,
1: <laughs> at least he's good with kids.
0: When he was talking about his niece, I was like, "Oh, it's probably an older picture of his niece, and she's like, I don't know, like ten or eleven. No, she's like, I think like six, maybe." Yeah, I didn't like, even really know even think she was is. that
3: old. Although, I don't know, it's it's hard it's hard for me to I tell. No she was in a very are. adorable little girl, though, and he was, and he seemed sweet with her for the few seconds we saw.
1: Oh well, at least at least that's. At least that's a nice little, a nice little. He's a gem. disgusting
3: man, and he made one of the most vile, sickest, truly, just awful. I mean, you already heard. Uh, well, you've heard you heard some of the episode that we did on it. Sorry, uh, so we don't need to get back into vulgar. Uh, but yeah, Brian Johnson, he's a real piece of shit. Yeah. Um- he seems like a good uncle. I don't want to disrespect any uncles
0: on my platform. We respect uncles Listen, here. Listen, that just goes to show that even the vilest of men can make good uncles. Yeah. Because that's that, just like that's uncle true. is such a such a seminal and like <laughs> there's something special even, about Even unclehood. the sickest creeps among us still have that. Even the We still have the av- avuncular
3: people. gene.
1: And, and, and in fact, some people theorize that the the more destructive the man, the greater the uncle. <laughs>
0: I've actually, yeah, I've I've heard that. I'm not so sure about its veracity. I don't know. But I sounds, do think it
3: sounds like it's kind an of an a truism
1: <laughs> to me. I don't know if it really bears out if you consider all the data. I think this premise or this show. Actually no The show wouldn't be interesting Because it would be a totally different show But if you got an actual expert in Some experts in and you had a show that was about Like going into the history of comic books And like the art and and everything And someone that actually knew their shit I'd probably be interested in it honestly But these guys don't even seem to View them as stories or
3: But here's the thing this is what this show is This show is a daycare for Kevin's stupid friends
1: (laughs) (laughs) It it is the most make work thing that we've watched.
3: The comic book shop is a daycare and the show is just a little justification to keep the daycare running, to keep these overgrown children busy. (laughs) So anything else about the show is just secondary to that. It's like, Okay, yeah. we need to give these guys a show, give them something to do, and then like the idea is, oh, so it's like Pawn star- Stars, and then they form a whole fake concept yeah. for a show around that. So
0: like, <laughs> all it all it is is just keeping these stupid men busy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's something that I think is good for the world. Like, I'm stupid. What? I need something to keep me busy, <laughs> and that's why we do this podcast. So yeah, but uh, you don't yeah, need- <laughs> someone give us a show. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I just don't ever want to watch it or or would never want anyone else to have to watch it. Um, It's very interesting on the subject of their level of comic book appreciation, though, uh that they're such big uh old school marvel fans but they like don't yeah they won't acknowledge the fact that stan lee is a lying thief and a piece of shit <laughs> they have to fucking yeah. worship him they <laughs> they like give stan lee credit for ev- everything that they talk about they're like oh yeah this is classic stan lee right here
0: like fuck you man <laughs> somebody brings in the very first like one of the very first independent comics ever made that was made directly as a result of stan lee being a fucking asshole by steve ditko and they don't mention they don't mention why it's the first independent comic they don't really talk about anything yeah. like other than like oh yeah, steve yep. Ditko he did spider-man like oh, shut the fuck up you fucking nerds Yeah, I think the most in-depth
1: conversation was when uh, they mentioned the comic where Spider-Man's costume is black, and they go around. Everyone's like, "Yeah, I thought it was cool. It was like a darker Spider-Man."
3: Explaining why a black (laughs) costume is cool, each in their own words, explaining like, "Yeah, so the costume was black, so he like looks like darker to me, so it's like more
0: serious in a way." One of them says, "Like, yeah, it was like Soul (laughs) Spider-Man."
1: I wish
3: it's kind of like a more Shaft. More like a shaft, like Spider Man, (laughs) kind of. If if Spider Man was a little more like Dolomite, then this is what he would look like. It's
1: a real hip hop Spider Man. Sort of an urban style Spider Man. The most intense conversations they have are a kind of nerd conversation that I fucking loathe, um, where it's, uh, oh, who could, who would win in a fight? Uh, You know, Mister Fantastic or Aquaman, like. And tons of variations on this same conversation, because obviously it's just like one conversation over and over again. And they just like make up new scenarios where they're like, oh, hey, if you could, uh, uh, hey, if uh, you wanted a superhero to work here, uh, which, you know, which superhero would do a good job? It's just all, all uh. this asinine bullshit, all this. I can't stand it
0: it's fun to do that with your friends these people aren't my friends i don't know them they're boring and annoying
1: i don't even like my friends doing it that much yeah i don't watching it on tv is uh, pretty awful
0: yeah i don't know these guys
3: suck no one ever needs to see what their lives are like i have yeah pretty much
0: nothing left to say about them do we have any uh receipts for this week some Jane Silent Bob oh, uh, stash <laughs> receipts.
1: Yeah, uh <laughs> um not not a specific one, but um I just uh I kinda wanted to scroll through here a little because I was doing um um uh I was doing a search earlier just cause I was curious. So I searched at that Kevin Smith Funko pop just to see what would pop oh, up. Oh god. Uh, And of course, I think I might have mentioned this on the show before. There are many, many people sharing their Kevin Smith Funko Pop because there is a Kevin Smith Funko Pop, which exists.
3: There's uh, several Kevin Smith Funko Pops, I'm sorry to say.
0: Yeah, they actually go over the history of them in the uh, the episode of season seven <laughs> that I watched, which was riveting, I can tell you what. I've
3: seen at least one video of Kevin unboxing one of his latest uh, Funko Pops of him. Uh, like, there's a bunch of you them. you spend your free time.
1: Of course we have the classic, the J.M. Silent Bob Funko Pop. But then also, the, the real Kevheads can get the Kevin Smith uh, fat Man uh, Funko Pop. It's not him dressed as Fat Man. It's, it's with a jersey that has fat uh, the Fat Man yeah. logo
0: on it. Which was a uh, Comic-Con exclusive, I found out by watching the episode.
1: In 2020, they revealed um, a genuinely baffling one. Uh, Iron Bob?
3: That's from Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, remember? Don't you remember the movie?
1: Oh, He puts on right. the Iron
3: Man suit when they have to fight the bad Russian-Chinese girl. Oh, uh, right.
1: Yeah, that was a classic moment. So we're very <laughs> glad to have that memorialized in a funko pop form. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh, my gosh. Uh, and and one of the worst ones here. I think this is like, jeez, I mean, I'm okay, I'll just say it. This is some cursed words right here. <laughs> um, I love doing fun tattoos like this. What? Silent Bob. Funko Pop. I don't know what
0: you're. Are you speaking English? Wait, right it's now? a Silent Bob Funko Pop tattoo.
1: Yes, it is. Someone who has, who is a professional tattoo artist who is posting up that someone on their forearm, uh, got a tattoo of the Silent Bob Funko Pop, which is My just God. a that sucks. That, man. That's a level I cannot imagine st- uh, stooping to. Horrifying. Horrifying. So if for all the the real Kev heads at home, you know, if you want to start collecting so that maybe one day you can have your own secret stash. uh, Yeah. Check out out Funko Pops, who have at least five variations of Kevin Smith (laughs) from what I have counted so far. Uh, all, all the way from, I- from Iron Bob all the- to Kevin with a hat to Kevin without a hat. You can get them all here, folks.
0: Um, and I do want to say, I- I'll go back and put this at the beginning, too, because it's sort of like a, an announcement. Uh, the We need to talk about Kevin crew. We're each getting Funko Pops. We're e- Each of us is getting <laughs> Pops, so they will be on sale um, at your local GameStop and whatever the Canadian version of GameStop is. Um, but yeah, go out and buy them. They're going to be 20 bucks because they're the really big size one that, you know, special. And uh, yeah, we got popped.
1: I, I should I should say one, one last thing. There There is a big Kevin update because I had a little bit of a panic attack last week after uh, Kevin posted a, a haunting, a haunting video uh, four days ago. Uh, it says <laughs> the year 2020 hasn't been funny. So in 2021, we're going to make it fun. And the video is of Kevin Smith walking into what seems to be an abandoned building, taking off his mask uh, and saying, I think this is the place. And then doing what is definitely an attempt (laughs) at a wink, but it does come out as, as a blink it does come out as a blink <laughs> Well, folks, we have an answer to what this was. Are the fans at home oh, were clamoring. Dude. They were saying, Is this gonna be Clerks Three? Is this gonna be Mallrats Rats 2? All the fans are excited. Uh, what it is is a second location for uh movies um What's in Chicago. The fuck? Who gives a
0: shit about so, c- congrats, your congrats. Know, congratulations? Movies pop
3: Ugh, whatever.
0: Chicago is pretty close to me. Maybe I'll uh I'll go to the movies and uh kill myself there. Yeah, um, uh, cool. pop
1: over and you can get a vegan. You can get a vegan burger because Kevin's vegan now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll do the cool thing where I, like light myself on fire, but like go I'm, over <laughs> there and
3: steal their golden cow idol and throw it in a fire like a good
0: Catholic. <laughs> yes, yes. I will actually curse them. That's a good idea. Thank you, Trev.
1: I I just want to go there and and do fun clerks quotes with the staff all day.
3: Okay. Uh, before we do any more good uh, Funko Pop jokes, uh, I just want to—I um, uh, have three more uh, patron shout-outs for this episode. Uh, first one is Vera Drew, three-time, oh my three-time God. guest her. Vera Drew. Thank you so much for subscribing. Then we have a couple of uh, new friends, at least to me, uh, Jessamine. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And Stefan, both subscribed this past week. So thank you very much for your support. Vera, we love you. We're sorry for fucking up both of your episodes. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Jessamine and Stefan, welcome. Thank you so much for your contribution. We love
1: and appreciate all you patrons out there. It will all be going into our Funko Pop uh,
3: and uh, let's, by the time this is out, I think we'll have just released uh, part two of our Batman Begins uh, episode on the Patreon. So if you sign up nice. now, you right can ahead. hear part one and two of our discussion of Batman Begins in our miniseries, Batman Begone. Uh, end of Patreon update.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, bye everybody. Right. Go buy our Funko Pops.
2: <laughs> Alright, have a good one. Bye. What if the world was made of pop no, sculpted with love? Your head was spin but my head with bobble. tucked in real nicely, got a window in my box. I hope i be Freddy and you could be Harley, my very own Goldilocks. Love them Funko's, you love them Funko's You might say you don't, but we know that someday You really will know Just try one Funko, one Funko pop And you'll be addicted and often conflicted But still you can't stop Walking dead on streets of Sesame Falling Out on Game of Thrones. Got a right beside me. We're gonna take on all the cones. Auto are rolling now. Snake eyes and G.I. Joe's. Huckleberry Saints, Clementine.